Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on today's episode, Adam Burrish and I dive into the difficult but positive game that was Saturday's outing in Nashville. Chicago getting plenty of chances, just unable to solve UC Soros in goal. We also look at the reacquisition of Vinny Hinostroza, the upcoming two-game stretch against the Dallas Stars, and Wyatt Kalanuck joins the show with three straight games under his belt in the NHL. The young prospect sits down with Burr and I to look at what his season's been like, and of course, the Badger connection between Burr and Kalnuck. All that and more coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Everyone loves a hat trick. Well, your local Chevy dealer has a hat trick to get your attention. If you're in need of a new vehicle, but don't want to visit a dealership, check out Chevy's shop. Click and drive. Shop online 24-7. Take delivery at home. It's simple. It's seamless. It's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive today. Shop, click, and drive. Drive what Canaan Taves drive. Welcome back to Blackhawks Insider. Carter Baum, Adam Burrish with you once again this week. And Burr, uh, only two games played since we last spoke. Uh, both, unfortunately, losses for the Blackhawks. But I want to zero in on Saturday's game, a 3 nothing loss in Nashville. Uh, a scoreline that says one thing, but if you watch the game, a completely different story for the Blackhawks. Maybe their best performance in a game in the last two weeks or so but uh, they just couldn't get past the wall that was Juicy Saros in, in net for Nashville. Uh, just your your opening thoughts on on that one before we dive in uh, a little further. Yeah, it was a solid game. I think it was one where the team, you probably you lose and you, you're disappointed, but you feel good about the way you played and the message of you know playing a consistent full game and playing the same way the whole time they did that. And um, you know the shots were you know huge in favor of the Hawks, 41 shots on net, but usually sometimes I don't always – you know, I played in a lot of games where, you know, you'd either you'd get outshot by 20 shots and it really didn't feel like the team outplayed you that way. So sometimes that doesn't always reflect. I think in the Nashville game, I think it did reflect that the Blackhawks were better. High danger chances are kind of what coaches look at. Grade A chances that, you know, don't show up on the scoreboard, but the coaches chart those and Blackhawks doubled up, you know, way more than doubled up Nashville in the, in the grade A chances. So uh, they generated stuff. And sometimes you have those nights where they just, you know, the pucks don't go in and um, but yeah, I think it was a game where, where they played the right way. And if you play like that, you're going to win a lot of games. You look at the five on five play. I mean, you mentioned the high danger chances at even strength there, 17, four in favor of Chicago scoring chances, 27, 17. I mean, at least at even strength, they really seem to have their best game, uh, in, in quite some time, but really it was the special teams. That was the difference. Nashville got a quick power play tally on their first power play in the first period, really the only real scoring chance I think they had in the opening 20 minutes. And then you have a power play in the second period for the Blackhawks where you end up you know, giving up a penalty shot. Nashville converts on that uh, shorthanded. 
you have an opportunity five on three to get back in the game in the third period and for a minute 55 couldn't get anything going so it was kind of the special teams that uh for large stretches of the season have uh, have been the strength of the Blackhawks kind of fallen through on Saturday but uh, like you said just a good game and you see Saros 41 to 41 on shots I think Chicago has two goals against him this year on 101 shots uh, against Saros so uh, he seems to have the Blackhawks number but Nashville does that really good job of kind of clogging up the middle and really preventing any chances and we saw that at times on on Saturday as well yeah they've always been a, a tough matchup for the Hawks just the way they defend the way they clog up the neutral zone and always, they've always had great goaltending. You know, you think Peck to Peck Arena, what, what he's done and, and how great he's played against the Hawks for so long. And then Saros has been, he's been tough. And uh, they lock games down really well in Nashville. Um, I always think back when you talk about the five on three, I always think about when Joel Quinville was coaching, he would always kind of tell us that the five on three is so important. Whoever wins, if there's a five on three in a game, whoever wins that battle, either you score or you don't score, a lot of times that's who wins up winning the game. And you know, when you're playing, you don't really think about it or, or, or keep track of it. But now, you know, being on the other side, yeah, I, I kind of watch that in games. Now, if there's a five on three, if that team kills it off, a lot of times they end up winning the game for whatever reason. And if they score on that five on three, it's kind of a free goal that, that you you spot yourself a goal and you get a free goal in the league. Now it's now it's not a, a 2-2 game. Now it's a 3-2 game that you win. And not being able to convert on those uh, it kills momentum. It, it kind of kills the special teams mojo a little bit. And sure enough, that was that would have been a big that would have been a big turning point in this game. Yeah, it was a two nothing game. You get the five on three. You don't get anything there. And I think it was three or four minutes later that Nashville got their third goal of the game. And that really, like you said, kind of kind of put things away. Uh, Nashville won the five on three. They ended up winning the game three to nothing there. And then uh, that was on Saturday. But we'll go back just a little bit further as we move on here. And, and on Friday, the Blackhawks uh, made their first trade uh, in quite some time. They acquired Vinny Hinestroza, who a familiar name for many Blackhawks fans out there. They reacquired him from Florida in exchange for uh, forward prospect Brad Morrison, who uh, had spent a lot of time in Rockford and even down in the ECHL this year. And Burr, just I want to get your thoughts on Vinny Hinestroza because he's seen. I saw somewhere I forget where over the weekend someone compared Hinestroza to the uh, the original Brandon Hagel, the hardworking forward who uh, just I think is going to fit really well in Jeremy Colleton's system. Kind of needs maybe a change of scenery to get his NHL career back on track. Only a handful of games in Florida this year, but uh, at least on paper someone who could potentially really fit in with this Jeremy Colleton scheme and the hardworking nature of this team uh, down the stretch and, and kind of see where he fits in the lineup. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think it's a great move. I think it's, I loved it when I saw it. I think, um, you know, he's a guy that when he was here in Chicago, I loved the way he played. He's Brandon Hangel, but probably with a little more skill. He's a little bit more of a, a high-end skill guy. Um, and I think now with the way Jeremy Colleton has this team playing and that, that, you know, 200 foot game commitment that everybody has to do. And you've got to take care of your, yourself defensively. And then you can play freewheel and offensively, but it starts being focused on your, your back pressure, your defensive zone, uh, the way you defend. And, and he's a guy, if he can, if he can get a good grasp of that, his up, his upside's really high and his offensibility is really high. He can, he can make plays offensively. Uh, he can be tough to play against because he can skate really well. So he can hound pucks. He can get on pucks fast and, you know, if you want to get into the weeds with the salary cap stuff, it's an it's a great move that way too. It doesn't cost the Hawks a whole lot of money um, to bring him in, so you still got room. 
if you want to make some more moves or want to make some bigger splashes. So I think it's great. I, I think it's a guy, anytime you bring somebody back that I know Vinny loved it in Chicago, he loved playing here. Uh, he was sad to leave and you bring a you give a guy a second chance uh, to come back here again. You know, he's going to be hungry. You know, he loves playing here. So I think it's a great move and he's familiar with a lot of the players. He's not going to walk into a locker room and not know anybody or not know what to expect. So I expect good things out of Vinny. You talk about hungry, uh, to get started, I mean, the trade took place, I think, 4 o'clock or so uh, Friday Friday afternoon. Uh, team was on the road already in Nashville getting ready for Saturday's uh, afternoon game. But uh, with all the restrictions this year, you know, Vinny can't hop on a commercial flight. He'd have to quarantine for uh, 10 to 14 days after that, you know. So what did he do? He got in his car. He drove to Chicago over the weekend, served his uh, very small quarantine period that he had to serve once he got in. And... He joined the team for practice on Monday. He's ready to go. He's you know skating in in lineup rushes. Uh, looks like he he could draw back into the lineup in the coming games right away and maybe provide a bo- provide a boost to uh, to the roster. But uh, you want to talk about hungry? I mean, he got in his car, drove all weekend, back on the ice on Monday as a team returns from an off day and ready to go just like that. Yeah, I think I saw it was twenty hours or so driving in the car. And just to, you have to eliminate that. Now, I think it was, you know, it's 10 days or two weeks where he would have had to sit by himself and couldn't be with the team. But then um, now he's able to and um, good for him. And I think it kind of tells you how excited he is to be back here. And listen, you get sent to the minors. It's humbling. It's tough. It's you you believe in yourself. You feel like you should be playing. And if a team gives you a chance, uh, he's going to come. He's going to come like a ball of fire when he gets himself back in the lineup. I think he'll be fun to watch. Well, it's an important stretch for the Blackhawks as they returned home. Uh, two games set with the Dallas Stars this week, uh, Tuesday and Thursday night. And Burr, uh, a crucial, I know we've talked about it a couple of times, but uh, I don't think series get much more important than this, uh, at least in the near-term future, because you've got Dallas, who is now at a 500 record, even with the Blackhawks. They have a couple games in hand, but these two head-to-head matchups this week, it could be up to an eight-point swing in the standings uh, if you get a couple regulation results one way or the other. Uh, Duncan Keith said it on Saturday's game. He said these are the biggest games right now of the year. Uh, the Stars coming in, they're you know they're up and down at times during their season as well. They just had a three-game point streak uh, snapped against Carolina, I believe, over the weekend. But uh, you return home, you close out a home-heavy stretch at the United Center with two massive games that uh, could could start to signal where things are going to shake out in the Central Division as we head into uh, after these games, what will be the last calendar month of the year. Yeah, when, when Duncan Key says something like that, um, you know that's what the team's talking about, and you know that's what they really feel because uh, it's the truth. These are these are big games. Dallas did this last year too where they, they limped around the first half of the season and then the second half their stars came alive and their top-end guys really started to carry the mail and they find themselves in the Stanley Cup Finals. So they've done this before um, where they know how to crank it up when it's time to crank it up. And so uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a tough matchup for the Hawks. But, you know, the Dallas, they seem fragile too. Like you said, you nailed it. They've been up and down, and they'll play two or three really good games. You're like, all right, they're back. And then they kind of struggle a little bit. So um, it'll be a good matchup. It'll be uh, it'll be intense. And I think you're right. I think after you get through these next, you know, week and a half, I think you're you're going to have to see some teams make some big moves. They're going to want to if they're going to want to going to want to make it. But I mean, we've talked about it for the last month, and we've heard the players talk about it. It's going to come down to the end. It's it's, it's going to be so so tight, but. You know, these are, you're right, eight-point swing here. This could be a big weekend. Big week, big stretch of games. 
Uh, we have yet to mention our guest today, who we'll uh, toss it to here in just a second. But if you want to talk about a big stretch of games, Wyatt Kalanuck, three straight games in the lineup uh, after making his NHL debut a couple weeks ago in kind of a, a one-off game. But uh, he seems to be someone that Jeremy Carlton is liking in the lineup. He's getting uh, more and more responsibility game after game. We saw uh, an incredible pass last Thursday night as he got the primary assist on Dominic Kubelik's goal, the, the Kubelik insider bump goal, as uh, as we should properly reference it. But yeah. uh, Wyatt Kalnuck starting to really come into his own as he's getting that opportunity. Uh, what have you liked from from his game, Burr? Uh, you know, I guess I guess where he went to school was was an okay choice, but uh, it has to be more than that, right? Yeah, I've liked that. There's another Badger back in the NHL playing for the Blackhawks again. That, <laughs> that's number one. Um, but you know what? I, you know what I like is at the start of the season, Stan Bowman and Jeremy said you're going to see a lot of young guys get opportunities this year, and it's not just going to be, you know, we're not going to throw darts at a board. It's young guys that we feel deserve an opportunity and can contribute and can potentially be big parts of this team going forward. And and why it's the next guy that's been able to step in that they've given an opportunity to, and that's earned the opportunity. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I'm anxious to to hear from him directly. But I, I, I think at the start of the season he turns pro, and I think it was like a month before he even played a hockey game because they wanted to have him on the taxi squad, thinking, hey, if one or two guys go down, we need you need to have guys ready in the taxi squad. It's you're you're by yourself. You're with your group of taxi squad guys. You're not even with the NHL guys. So I, I think it's been a crazy start to the year as a as a professional for him. Way different than you know anybody's ever experienced. And um, you probably have to have some maturity. You've got to have some you know mental strength to think like, all right, this is going to be good for me. Finally, after a month, he got to go down to Rockford and play some games. And by all accounts and all the scouts, he was certainly, if not the best, one of the best defensemen down there. Uh, really, really offensive guy. I remember watching him in Chicago or in Wisconsin, and he was clearly a, a professional defenseman playing at the college game at the time. He was really offensive, handled the puck well, smart. You know, a guy that would wind it up behind the net as a defenseman and just take it coast to coast, all the way to the other end behind the other net, and start doing circles. And um, he'd have the puck on his stick for 20, 30 seconds at a time. So, um, well deserved. I think he's been good. I think he's been really good so far. This uh, the few games that he's played. Um, you know, Jeremy, they want consistency, and that's the thing you see with young defensemen. It's it's how long can you can you keep a good streak along alive? How long can you keep turnovers down? Uh, that'll be a work in progress, but um, so far so good. And that that assist he had that was slick. It was right set up Dominic Kublik almost perfectly for that breakaway. But you touched on his AHL play. I just looked it up real quick. He had ten points in his first eight AHL games, and yeah. none of those were linear either. He was up and down, and he'd go play two or three here, come back up to the taxi squad, go back down. So really impressive at the AHL level. Really impressive uh, as he continues to get more time at the NHL level. And uh, without uh, further ado, we'll send it over to Wyatt Kalnick. Yeah, I think he's done well with, uh, you know, the, the first game, he was just kind of getting his feet wet. He had some good moments, but uh, you could tell he was feeling it out. But I think the last two games, he's looked very confident. Uh, I think his skating is a huge asset for him. Um, he made some really nice plays, uh, certainly the the play to Kubalik, but um, he's helped us on the breakout. And I think he's improving uh, in, in D-zone coverage as well. So, uh, you know, excited about his first couple games as, as always with these young guys, it's, you know, can they sustain that level and, and how long can they do it? I am, uh, now outnumbered on the show. We have Adam Burrish, a Wisconsin alum, 
And now we have Wyatt Kalnick joining us, also played at Wisconsin. We got the Wisconsin duo on Blackhawks Insider this week. Uh, Burr, I'm sure you're about very excited time. about this about one. About time. I know. <laughs> about time, but uh, it's about time we had Wyatt Kalnick on because you have had quite the stretch of late uh, three straight games getting into action. You had your debut early in uh, early in March, but what's it been like getting uh, getting regular minutes and, and having that trust from the coaching staff over, uh, especially these last three games, Wyatt? Uh, it's been good. I think, uh, like you said, it's 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 nice to kind of start to earn that trust and uh, hopefully something I can continue to do because I think uh, obviously it's it's only been three games and I think uh, it takes time and it takes a lot of. A lot of, like you said, trust from your from your peers and your and your coaching staff to kind of stick there and continue to grow. But it, it's been it's been fun. You uh, you leave Wisconsin, um, and for the fans that didn't get to see you there, like smooth skating, power play defenseman, walk the blue line, snipe at top corner. That was kind of your college career. Um, fun to watch, fun player to watch. Then you decide to sign with the Blackhawks. What was it about Chicago, and why did you decide uh, to sign here with the Blackhawks? A uh, bunch of things, I think. I think um, just being at Wisconsin, we, we kind of have a little bit of a relationship with the Blackhawks. Um, we played here a few times at the United Center. Um, I think Rockford actually came to uh, to Madison a few times and, and stayed there and practiced in Madison for a few weeks. And uh, I knew a few guys in the organization beforehand, Rob Facka. I knew him uh, from when I was really young, 15. He was at Western Michigan. He kind of recruited me there. Um close to Madison, you know, lots of, lots of moving parts, but, um, you know, historic organization, top notch organization, um, some opportunity. Um, it was a bunch of things that ultimately made me choose, uh, Chicago. Burr mentioned your, your offensive ability, obviously in college that was there right away. I think you were the first D man in Wisconsin, uh, history in 25 years to put, put up 25 points in your first uh, season freshman on campus, but in talking to Mark Eaton right after you signed, he said what really impressed him was your development on the defensive side of your game over your three years at Wisconsin. How crucial was that for your development as kind of an all-around player to kind of get that opportunity and, and get to kind of refine that side of your game as well? Yeah, huge part. I think, like you said, the offensive side was always there for me, and I think that's why I wanted to go to Wisconsin. Marco Siki, he's a huge part of – you know why I'm where I am now. I think uh, every day, he, uh, we, whether we were watching video going on early, uh, all six, seven of us in in the lineup, uh, he would take the time and he was really good at it. He uh, he taught me a ton. Um, you know, he's he sent a lot of guys on to the next level, guys that like Justin Schultz, Jake Gardner, um, Jake McCabe, guys like that. So uh, he was huge. He does a really really good job of it, teaching the defensive side. Um, yeah, I think, uh, luckily for me, the offensive side was there cause Oz, Oz was never really an offensive guy, but <laughs> no, he definitely, knew, uh, he definitely knew the defensive side. And, and, uh, as the game continues to change, he, he, uh, he's right there along with it. So he, he helped me a ton for sure. So now you fast forward in a week and a half ago or so you play your first NHL game. Did you have, have you had like an, uh, uh, NHL moment where you're just like, Holy crap. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this or I'm playing against this guy or this happened. Maybe even in practice with Patrick Kane, um, any, any moments stand out yet? Like, Holy crap. I'm, I'm in the show right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe one, I think, um, 
few games ago, I made a pass to Kublik and got my first NHL point. And uh, later on in the period, uh, Kaner came up to me and just said, congratulations, like nice pass or, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool moment where I was kind of like, wow, that was, that was pretty cool. I think calling that a pass might be a little, uh, doing it a little injustice. That was a perfectly threaded pass down the middle. You allowed Kubelik to really split the defenseman. I mean, Burr and I talked about it on the show last week. What were you seeing and, and how much confidence do you kind of build over your first couple games to be able to find a pass like that? And does the game kind of slow down for you to be able to pick moments out like that? Um, yeah, I think honestly at that point it hadn't quite slowed down for me yet. I was, I was still just trying to keep it as simple as I could. And, uh, I think we kind of had him hemmed in there for a little while and I was just trying to, my initial thought was to get it up as quick as I could. And I looked up and the, the wall was a little bit shut off and I saw Kubi cutting through the middle and, um, luckily made a nice pass and, and he finished it off. But yeah, definitely, definitely trying to, tried to keep it as simple as I could my first few games. And that was, uh, that was nice to kind of get out of the way. What, what's this year been like? Can you, I, you know, I read some articles and Carter and I, neither of us are in the bubble. I never played in a season like this. Um, what's it been like for you since you turned pro? Um, then I think there's like some type of quarantine period. Then there's taxi squad stuff. Then you're playing in Rockford. Then you're back called up. Talk us through a little bit. What's that been like for you? What, what have your last you know month and a half been like up and down and taxi squad and quarantining? Can you, can you talk us through that a little? Yeah, it's been definitely a roller coaster. Um, I think uh, I was just talking to Parchi, one of the equipment managers here, and uh, I think in the first few months that the season started, I had only slept in my my apartment four times. I was on the road with the Blackhawks, and then when we get home, I would I'd head to Rockford. So it was kind of up and down. Never really knew where I was going to be, and um, but it's been fun. It's been I think different from a lot different from a normal year, obviously. Um, with the taxi squad and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the group that, that I've kind of been with in the same kind of um, up and down kind of stuff, uh, they've been, it's been fun. Um, we, we, you know, we're having, we're having a good time with it. It's, it's, uh, it's not easy, obviously never really knowing where you're going to be, but uh, it's been fun for us. We're, we're having a good time with it. You mentioned kind of the relationship with, Wisconsin and um, the Blackhawks and playing at the United Center. I know you've done that a couple times during your your college career. What's it like this season? I mean, I'm sure you've seen what a fully packed UC looks like on a regular basis. Is that something that you're kind of you're you're playing in NHL games and it's exciting? But is that maybe a little bit uh, left that you're looking forward to at some point when fans can get back and be able to get that full experience at the United Center? Yeah, definitely. I think. For sure. Uh, I've been to a few Hawks games. Um, it's, uh, it's a pretty fun atmosphere and, uh, much like it was at Wisconsin when we'd sell it out even more. So here probably gets loud and it's, it's fun. And, um, I think almost maybe even for the younger players that are coming in this year, it might be a good thing. It makes, might make it a little easier because all you really, all you really see out there is a game and you hear the game. You don't, you don't see the outside stuff or hear it. So. Um, good and bad, I think, for young players. I think, um, obviously, we we wish we could have fans and and have that atmosphere and all that stuff. But um, maybe for younger players breaking in, it it kind of makes it a little easier. Did you uh, expect to be in the NHL this year? I know when maybe a couple years ago when I first met you and I was back watching a couple Badger games, and it was pretty clear that 
And you can kind of tell there's a different level between college players that can play at the next level and those that can't. You were one that always stood out to everybody like this kid can play. He's going to play at the next level. You know, you never know when your time is going to come, when you're going to get that opportunity. You've got it now. Going into the season, you signed with the Blackhawks. Did you think this year I'm going to play in the NHL? I'm sure that's a goal. But in your mind, did you think that was something that was going to happen this quick? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I always thought I could. I think I yeah. I knew um, I knew I could play. I, I've always kind of had that confidence. And uh, for me, it was just kind of waiting for my waiting for my opportunity and uh, working as hard as I could when I and to earn that opportunity. I think um, you know going down to Rockford, I was I wasn't like oh you know this this sucks or whatever. I, I was kind of excited to get down there and and play again and and uh, you know they they got a good group down there and it's it's fun when you go down there and and get to play it, it, it was it was good for me and uh, I kind of I always kind of had confidence in myself that I'd get a chance and and uh, now I'm just trying to, to run with it how difficult is that this year because I know in years past without the taxi squad it's kind of like if you're not on the 23-man roster you're down in the AHL you're playing games you're you're at least getting an opportunity but for young guys like yourself I mean you go down to the AHL when you can, when schedule kind of permits, when they're in town, when the Blackhawks are in town, but you can't be put on, you know, just a commercial flight to go back and play some AHL games. How difficult is that to not be playing on a regular basis and, and basically be doing a lot of practices and not getting in uh, every single day in, in your first year when I'm sure you want to be playing, you want to be adjusting to that pro level? Yeah, definitely. I think for sure it's a little bit tougher. I think not only adjusting to the to pro level, but, um, just getting into the groove of just consistently playing hockey. Um, especially after, you know, a year where I know I only played, I think four or five games in a calendar year. And a lot of guys are in the same, same boat as me. So not just adjusting to the pro level, but kind of just getting back into consistently playing games was, um, would have been kind of a, a nice thing, I think for, for young players for sure. But I mean, it's been, when we're up here practicing, we're we're doing you know pretty game like stuff. It's it's um, it's not quite the same as game, obviously, but um, you know we like I said we have fun. Um, it's it's not easy um, not playing and then kind of being thrown into the fire, but um, we try to do as best job we can. And uh, like I said, it's been fun. Has there been a guy, a handful of games so far for you? Has there been a guy you played against then yet where it's been like holy man like that guy's really good, or that was a sick player. Holy man. I know for me, it was Pavel Datsuk. Every time I played against him, it'd be like something like, you are so much better than I am, or you are so much better than everybody on the ice right now. And every game I played against him, he would do something. Have you had a player you played against yet where you were just like, wow, that guy's good? Um, God, I think for the most part, it's been, it's been a pretty much a blur to me. I, yeah. I, I don't really, I honestly even look up who I'm, I kind of just go out there and play. I think, yeah, from watching uh, a few games, I think Barkov when we were down in Florida, mm. um, he was a guy where I was like, "Wow, he uh, he makes a difference defensively, and he he turns it into offense just like crazy." I thought he was he was for sure one of the guys that I uh, I knew about before, but I I've never seen him live. And uh, when we were watching the games in Florida, I was like, oh, "This guy's good, probably the best I've seen this year." You got tossed right into the fire going against Tampa Bay in your first NHL game. What was that like? I mean, you're going right up against the defending champs and a, a team that I think a lot of people 
really think has a, a decent chance to go back and repeat if, if everything falls in line. I mean, they're a, a very built team. What's that like in your first NHL game going out against uh, uh, one of the top teams in the league? Um, it was fun. It was, you know, honestly, I wasn't really quite thinking about how, how good they were. I think, um, in the NHL, it's, it's, uh, there's not a huge gap between, you know, top teams, middle teams and bottom end teams. I think Detroit beat Tampa like five, one last night. So, um, yeah, I think it was more so just, I was excited just to, to, to get that chance and to play in the NHL, a lifelong dream that, um, you know, you, you dream I'm growing up. So, um, yeah, it was cool, I guess, to, to play against your first game against big name guys like Stamkos and Hedman and Point and, and guys like that. But it was, it was fun just to get in and, and kind of live out that dream you've been thinking about forever. What are the keys for you now that you're playing you're in the lineup every night? We hear a lot about the, the communication being really good with the players and the staff right now. What's, what's the communication like for you? What are some keys, uh, some things that, that they keep reminding you uh, how you want to play every night? I think just continuing to to try to defend first. I think um, again the, the offensive side. I think um, it's kind of been there for me. I, I think I can skate at this level and I can move the puck. But um, just continue to to try to defend hard and and take care of that zone first, and then the rest will kind of take care of itself. But uh, yeah, definitely I, I hear a lot from from Brookie. He's the guy who works with the D. Um, you know, good things, things I need to work on, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, he's, he's helped me out a lot for sure. Well, Wyatt, we, uh, we appreciate you giving us some time. Uh, it's been a great, uh, great last few games, getting you, seeing you get some consistent minutes. We hope that continues and uh, you continue on this path you're going because it seems like every, every game you get in, uh, at least from the seat that I sit in and I don't know about Burr, but it seems like every game you're feeling a little more comfortable. You're, you're making a little more of an impact. So that's been fun to see. And uh, we hope that trajectory continues for you the rest of the year. For sure. No, thank you very much. Yeah, fun to watch. Fun to watch another Badger out there, Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. That will do it for this week's episode. For Wyatt Kalnuck and Adam Burrish, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Taves drive.